everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer, and with me, of course, is Matt Patrick. Really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to us today. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really fun to, to read your comments and, uh, and hear from you guys uh, about what we're talking about. Uh, and so today, we're going to continue the conversations uh, on how to get better every single day, one step better uh, in, in leadership and in running a business and, and anything else that we can, uh, can think of to entertain you guys today. Uh, so, Matt, question of the day. If you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which ones would you keep? You can only keep three. Everything else goes in the garbage. So does the phone app count <laughs> as an app? That was my question. What about – so this it, let's say phone, text, and email. They can't count, right? Those are not fun apps. So, yeah, we'll, we'll exclude so those. Those are like productivity stuff. I would keep my banking app because that makes my life super easy. <laughs> I would keep um, three apps, huh? Probably TikTok, actually, which is such a TikTok. Kid. Yeah, I love it. It's super. It's how you communicate with your girls? Not communicate. I just it's 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 mindless. It's my mindless. And then, do you ever post TikTok? No, God forbid. No, I get in the backgrounds of my daughters and both and do yeah photo bombs. But other than that, no. That's fine. I just watch other people's stupid videos. Um, and then pro third app. Pro oh shoot, I don't know. Uh, Netflix. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> probably on my phone. If so, if you had to choose, I mean, well, you probably just yeah. made your choice. Prime Video, Hulu, Netflix. Netflix is my first go-to. Is it? Yeah, until I've watched everything on Netflix, which is usually right now. I'm kind of Every watching day. everything I want to watch on Netflix. Um, I then go to Prime, and then I go to Hulu. Hulu is very far down my list. I am not a fan of everybody and their mother coming out with streaming apps. Yeah, I want one streaming app. Yeah, it's like we're going to get rid of cable and replace it with 140 different streaming services. Yeah. So what you what do? You do I want to invent the thing that bundles all the streaming services. Yeah, it's called cable. Yeah, that's already been invented. Yeah, but then the cable had to take their cut. <laughs> I want to take the cut. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I, yeah, and now yeah. what? Paramount now in their Super Bowl, they announced that they're going to be streaming stuff. Well, it's like, well, Paramount normally just sends stuff to Netflix <laughs> to stream. Now they're going to do it. Yeah. So they're cutting out well, the middle, sucks man, is like, like, like you have well, these three seasons of this thing is on. Yes. It's first on Netflix, and then it's on Prime, and then it goes to Hulu, and then you know I have the Disney Plus subscription. Do you have that? Yeah. Right, which gives me ESPN, Disney, and Hulu, and then I have Netflix and Amazon. That's all I have. We have. We have H I want to say that we have HBO and Showtime tied into our Prime. Okay, we have Netflix, Hulu, Prime. Um, what's the the uh, HGTV came out with their own streaming thing for money. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. We 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 <laughs> we do that. We have that. You're Meredith did that one. Okay. Yeah. We have. Um, do you have cable at home still? No, I've never had cable. Even growing, I like literally never growing up. So I have Direct TV, never had which cable. is really here's what's more pathetic. I have Direct TV just for Nesson doing the Sports Network. Yeah. Just to watch the Red Sox. Yeah. Pre-game and post-game because I can get the baseball on MLB. So. It's a waste. I don't even want to look at my cable bill. It is ridiculous for DirecTV bill for what I pay, for what I get. 
You should. And then, then I think last year was the COVID season, in which we were last place. I didn't even care. I didn't even watch the damn. You games. should do the math of dollars paid oh. for cable versus minutes spent watching cable. I could buy season tickets for the Red Sox probably. <laughs> Just fly up there yeah. for as much games as I watched. We also have HBO Max as part of our AT&T cell phone subscription. They gave like free HBO Max whenever we renewed our Yeah, I have cell HBO phone to, through my Amazon. I don't think I have the Max. So there's some stuff on Max that doesn't show up on the regular HBO. I got no idea. I don't know. I don't, I, you're right, though. I have too many subscriptions. It's, well, so you, we also used to. It's frustrating because I don't have Disney Plus on all my oh, TVs at home. And I can't get it through some of the Samsung store stuff, so I'm like, crap! I have yeah. that one. I can't even see it. I have so I have a, I have a Fire Stick on a couple computers so that we can have Disney Plus. See, we we solved that problem. We have one TV in our entire house. Uh, we have uh, more than that. It's connected to. <laughs> we have more than that. We have. Uh, it's connected to an Xbox, so we stream everything through Xbox to the TV. Um, if I did that's that, it. if I only had an Xbox streaming with a computer, I would never have anything but Xbox on in my house because Mason would be on that all the time. There's a lot of Minecraft that gets played. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, we're what? It's a 2K. We're a 2K household right now. Yeah, through the basketball season, then it'll turn into something. Mad, <laughs> Whatever we're, the next sport is, Madden. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, he he has other games he plays, but not he plays other games, but not on Xbox too much. He has a couple like uh, he likes those Lego games still. And like yeah, the Star Lego Wars. games are fun. Star they're Wars. hard. Yeah, they're it's like Mario Brothers. The old Mario. They're Brothers. difficult. Yeah, they're fun. I like those. We bought. We got a um, Lego Batman Bat Lego. Lego Batman is awesome. And it's hard. Like I get to a point, it's like I don't even know what I'm supposed to do anymore. You, you go to YouTube and they show you how to do it, and yeah. you get through it. That's how you do it. Let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, maybe that's the answer. Yeah. Um, I think for me, if I had, if I only had to choose three apps to keep on my phone, um, it would be. I thought the streaming deal was a good idea. Twitter. Twitter is one of them. <laughs> Twitter is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to keep I up with Twitter. I like to keep up with Twitter. the crazies on Twitter. Um, it's interesting to see what people are saying on on Twitter. Um, it's it's I've been on Twitter for okay boomer fifteen years or something like that young. since it first came around. So. Okay, zennial or whatever you are. Uh, technically, I am a millennial. I'm the oldest millennial you can be. Um, anyway, Twitter. Um, I can tell with that beard you're definitely millennial. <laughs> I need to wear a beanie. Yeah, you're wearing. You're wearing a. I'm not rolled, rolled up your pants yet yeah. and wearing tight jeans um the pentrol yeah uh it would be our budgeting app we use every dollar for our budgeting app that helps me keep up with where our dollars are i don't even really look at the bank stuff it just what we spend is really what, what matters yeah what matters um what third, we spend he said we i can track spending down to whose card it comes out of <laughs> i said we uh, meredith listens to this podcast so i'm going to leave it at we but, Mike uh, spends. Don't worry. He's yeah. a spender. I am. We're both spenders. It's a problem. We need counseling. Um, I can fix that. We don't, I can fix your where your direct deposit goes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new bank account. Oh, sorry, honey. I got that's a pay cut. That's your savings. <laughs> that's your new savings account. You don't know you had it. Um, the third would be something probably mindless, whether it's just, it's a game or Twi uh, Twitter was mindless. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, you know, I think the like Hulu. We you're a Hulu, Hulu. guy. Yeah. What's your what's your go to show? It's, it's right now because we're watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, that's, that's, that's it's a funny Hulu. stupid show. Uh, it is. It, it's a funny stupid show. It is. It's it is mindless. Um, Sandberg is really. But yeah, good we that. watched like The Office was on Netflix forever, and we watched The Office there. Now it got put to Peacock, which is dumb. Yeah, Mason wanted me to buy it really bad because he likes that and yeah. Parks and Rec. Yeah, but Friends talks about is on HBO Max. Big Bang Theory, we were watching that, was on so HBO Max. But then Hulu is Brooklyn. It's just like, man, too many. Yeah. 
never paid for cable in my life, but you I like Parks and Rec. I you definitely like pay more. Do you like Parks and Rec? I think Parks and Rec is hilarious. Have you heard of the uh, turf and turf? Yes, the turf and turf. The twenty or sixteen ounce ribeye in a twenty four ounce porterhouse. <laughs> Mason tried to wanted to order that at Folks Folly oh, last time goodness. we went with him. The first time we've ever been. And I'm like, Mason, we're not ordering $180 for the steaks for yourself. <laughs> not happening. So he's like, but Dan, I want to try it. What's, what's the turf or turf of it? No, son. They don't really, it's not a real thing. It is You're gonna have a, You pick one steak. He would have. He got a big old filet and he killed it. Did he? Oh, yeah. It was the first time he ever been there. It was for his birthday. Just kill it, yeah. Oh, he destroyed good for it. Him. It was good. Good for him. Well, you know, I, I know, <laughs> I don't even have to ask. I know this is you as well. Phones could be a distraction yeah, well, pretty easily for anybody and everybody. Um, we we did for a, about a month at our house. What we did was Meredith and I had a challenge every week. Whoever had the lowest screen time would win a prize. Um, that happened all the way up till we went on vacation for fall break. <laughs> it kind of fell off the wagon uh, after that. So Meredith, we, we need to start doing that again. Time go up? Yeah, uh, yeah, we were on our phones a little bit more um, read, during vacation. Reading and, it was yeah, yeah, not like we were on our phones during vacation, but just using the yep. map, <laughs> yep. try to figure out where yep. we're going, um, thinking of that type of stuff. Um, phones could be an easy distraction. Uh, they are, you get a million apps, websites galore, ding, 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 ding. notifications from everybody under the sun. Um, email is on it, so it's hard to turn stuff off. Uh, distractions are a big problem for everybody in the world. Uh -huh. And you've probably heard, well, you know what, we just need to multitask better or or you know, women are better multitaskers than men. The reality is nobody can multitask. Your brain doesn't work that way. It's a lie that, uh, uh, that uh, so don't believe it. Um, so you're only if, ever doing one task at a time. Yeah. The fact that you have 15 tasks that you're trying to get done doesn't at the mean same time doesn't mean that you're not doing more than one task yeah. at one time. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, like letting the dog out while you cook dinner does not, that's not multitasking. That's the dog is outside and you're cooking dinner, right? <laughs> uh, so don't don't tweet me <laughs> yeah, well, or do tell me that you can multitask because you can't. Only you reach them. Uh, uh, but anyway, avoiding distractions is a big deal, um, especially when it comes to work. And there's a couple of different things that I want to talk about today when it comes to those distractions. Um, one is at any given time, if you're if you're leading an organization or business owner, whoever, you probably have you know, multiple plates spinning in the air at any given time. And you have to be able to manage that somewhat well. Um, if you're anything like us here, you can also get sidetracked by the, what we call the the shiny object syndrome. And that is you learn about a new piece of technology or a new no business opportunity about, or um, whatever it may be. That's like, Ooh, that's kind of cool. Let me go run over there and play with it. Um, and you can sometimes get distracted from, you know, your core, what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and then there's also the helping, you know, from a leadership standpoint, helping your team manage those distractions well so that they can actually focus in on the work that they're doing. And so I kind of want to want to jump into to those things specifically uh, and figure out some ways, maybe start some conversations or, or some thoughts out there, um, ways that we manage that, things that, that we've seen work well for us. Uh, and we'd obviously love to hear from you guys out there. So yep. if you have a way that you've been able to do this super well, we would love to hear about it because this is something that is a ongoing battle for just about everybody in our office, the managing the distraction. So Matt, when you are pulled in a million different directions and you have all your plates are spinning at the same time, how do you, how do you manage that overall? 
Yeah, this is when I get, um, when I start feeling um, not in control of my own work, um, this requires me to kind of regroup. I usually, you know, I work best in quiet. Um, so either I put a pair of headphones on or I make sure my doors are shut or I go off and work somewhere privately or I just work weird hours so that people aren't around me. Um, when I have to get rid of distractions, I have to turn stuff off and I have to kind of, it's kind of like, you know, can I talk about like making your bed before you get in it? I have to kind of get myself in an organized manner of, okay, let's create a game plan. And, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I would then reprioritize, make sure I have a good list of what I'm going to get done, prioritize that list, put it in order of importance. You know, we talked about the steak sauce method before, I think, but that idea of A1, what is the most critical thing I'm going to get done and, and by when, and just work done my way down that list. I also will set little mini goals within that. It's a, when I get these four things done, I can then take a break or I might get these three things done. I can go get a drink or whatever it may be. Um, those little mini goals for me allow me to not, uh, to not lose focus on, I got to get these things accomplished first. Um, I do have a tendency though to, you know, get easily distracted. So, so the, I've already, I have no, no notifications or turn on my, uh, Slack, for instance, I have no notifications turned on on my email. Um, it's my responsibility to check those as I do. Unfortunately, I get to the habit of checking them all the time. But as I do find when I don't check my messages regularly, I really haven't. I can batch clean all that stuff up and do it within 10 minutes probably versus looking at it over a three-hour period of time. Um, putting my phone on Do Not Disturb is another great one. Or, um, you know, just making sure that I've set myself up in this position to get a block of work done. My tendency is to just do it post hours. It's the easiest answer for me because I know I don't have to worry about other people distracting me. I can work from nine to two in the morning and I'll be fine. That's how I have usually gotten around that. My kids have gone to bed. Manny's gone to bed. I can knock out work. I have to get some quiet, but that's not, not everybody has that ability to do that. I found that, this is more difficult to manage in leadership roles than it was prior to having leadership roles. Oh, yes. Way different. Because it, I'm when, a support. I'm you know, really a support person. Yeah. When I was a staff accountant, I just had to worry about my work. There was nobody pulling me from, you know, pulling from different directions for my time. Now, in my role now. None of my time is yours. None of my time is mine. My my calendar is completely filled by other people, um, you know, at least 90% of it. Um and everything that's left over is for me to fill the blocks of time and stuff that I need to do. And so I make, I am a big list maker. Whenever I have something that I need to do, I make a list and I start to, to try to check off the boxes on that list. And I do it in, in kind of, I guess, similar to the A1 deal, but I don't really think of it that way. Um, yeah. I, I want to prioritize, or at least I want to be able to see the list of everything I need to do in two ways. I need to see it from the you know, first to last, what's most important. And then first to last, what's most urgent. Um, because then I can pick and choose. All right, this is. That's the A1 method. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's. Just put an A and a one by it. You did exactly the same thing. Just let you know. Yeah. I don't like A1. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I want to be able to see. Heinz 57. Yeah. This is the, this is the Heinz yeah. 57. This is the ranch dressing That's method. Right. method. Um, because I, I need to be able to see what's, what's important. It's important, but it's not 
do for five months. Yeah, That's not so many to work on. If it's urgent, but it's super not important, well, then my important task that's goes up that goes up the list may may be more important or my important list uh, matters because if something's important, that's also due soon, it's going to take priority over something that's urgent, but not important. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's the same thing, but. Uh, and that's all it is. I mean, for me is I want to prioritize my stuff on urgency as well as critical. But I do that on written list. How, do you, yeah, do you written, do it like, yeah, I, like physical paper or do you use. I use both. I mean, I usually use my iPad. I have a to-do list on there uh, uh, on in OneNote, but I also will go to paper for uh, yeah. my short list. I, I do physical have, paper. I'm the worst about stickies or putting on a corner piece of paper that has 19 other days on it. That's my little list. And I, that's yeah. that's the day's list. And maybe, you know, what does winning look like today as we talk about in our huddle? It's the three or four things that I'm going to really accomplish today. I have a sheet of paper that's under my keyboard that is my list your of everything I need to do. <laughs> your bank and password and then your list. Yeah. It's great. Okay, yeah. got, not, got not quite that. Um, but that list is the master. This is everything I got to get done. Um, and it and – it, uh, Under your keyboard. It's huh? under it's under my keyboard. Um I usually actually I stick it to my monitor or it's right next to my keyboard. I don't I want to see it. Yeah. I also I have this is a little bit of Kim Pope in me. I have to cross it out. Yes. Yes. I can't just check it. I have to okay, I did that. Next. I rewrite my list every few days. Your list of your list? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it, it Oh, I do that too. It yeah. reinforces in my brain right. this is something that still has to happen, but it also cleans it up. And I'm I I'm a bit of a neat freak about stuff like yeah. that. I yeah, have to have it clean. Because it was clean. You're you're very organized. Mine is more scattered notes. Yeah. I, I tried to do this because I wanted so badly to be able to do this on my iPad. And I, I, it just didn't work for me. I use OneNote. It's great. I, I used, uh, I, I've used five different note-taking so stuff, list-taking stuff. And it, just being digital is the part because it was out of sight, out of mind. I could turn it off. I could put it, you know, oh, it didn't work yeah, for me. So I have that. I have an old school to-do list. It has to-dos, phone messages to return. It has um, uh, long-term goals in uh, – I think it has, like, personal to-dos maybe even on the list. And then I have that as a template that's already in a PDF, and I just I can run on top of that. Yeah. I have that by day, and I have that in one of my folders in OneNote, and I use that pretty regularly. Yeah, it's very helpful for me. Yeah. The, the paper list is the only way. The to-dos of the to-dos. The, the list of the list of the list is the part I don't love, but I think it's part of our everybody's role. The idea of, the, of this is distractions, though. And so it just the, what, what I like the idea of the, of the list is just a, I need to prioritize certain work when I need to get it done and make sure I've put it into an order for critical criticalness. Yeah. Digitally, my day is organized primary, first and foremost by my calendar. Mine too. What I have on my calendar is what's obviously got to happen that for meetings and, and whatnot. Like we had record a podcast yeah. on the calendar today. So it do helps you me put stay. your to do's as, but you block time on your calendar for stuff you have to get done? No, I don't have that luxury um, because. Well, how do you get stuff done then? I have to get it done. So well, if you, that is. If your calendar gets full, what do you do? My calendar is open for people to book time on. Essentially, well, right now, because we're doing a bunch of employee retention credit stuff, it's you can book time on my calendar anywhere from 830 in the morning to six o'clock at night. If when I have blocks of open time, that's my time to do everything else. Um, if my calendar is full, that just means I need to do all my uh, every uh, every other <laughs> everything, everything else. else after hours. You know, yeah, late. Um, so the only so way to I, avoid has, that would be to put to some time 
for yourself in those blocks to so you're not open for appointments, which is what I do. It's normally not an issue, <laughs> but in we I, you know we go through phases where like right now yeah I get it or really for the past three weeks I, my day has been fifteen meetings a day every thirty minutes I'm in a meeting type of thing correct. And, uh, but it means also means that absolutely you're not... required to like that's that was super urgent in order to help our clients get the best answer possible that I had to hold those meetings. Correct. And so that just means I need to work late, and that's that, okay. I'm not changing. Like that's going yeah. to be the answer, you know. Yeah. For, and you know it's short term, and it's, it's short term. Yeah. yeah, that's not normal. Right. Normally, I have blocks of you know, there's an hour here, hour there. Yeah. To knock the out extent my extent that my calendar doesn't get crazy. It's important that I do that. But when I, when my calendar gets nuts. It is important that I put blocks of time down to make sure I, I may need to have that done by Thursday. If I don't block some time yeah. on Tuesday or Wednesday, I won't have enough time because I know I got kids games or whatever. Right. I, this is a six hour project. I got to find some time to get that done during the day. Yeah. I can't do it all at night. I know I won't have a chance to do it. All. I have too much to do even at night. And so I got to. And that's where that urgent and important list really Correct. comes into play. Because if something's urgent, you have some due dates with it or, you know, whatever it may be. And from there, you can back into, mm -hmm. all right, this is what my day looks like. I know that my deadline is X. I got to make this happen. Right. And sometimes that means you're working late. Sometimes that means yep. you're, you got some time during the day or you may take a shorter lunch or whatever it is. But I, it's, if it's urgent, it's got to get done. Yeah. So we've gone, obviously, into time management being the first one, obviously, is, is doing a really good job of managing our time when it comes to distractions. Um you do a good job of, you know, putting your phone on do not disturb or um, you have your calendar blocked. You're okay not responding to Slack every time one pops up. You respond over time. Same thing with email. What are, what are the ways you kind of limit your distractions um, from, I guess, I'll say the, the, the whack-a-mole problem we kind of have a little bit in our business, which is problems popping up or people asking questions. How does that process work for you? I'm right? not afraid to say no yeah. to something. And it's not, it's not a hard no. It's a no, not, not now. Not now. Uh, and that just comes with getting, I need a snippet of what you need help with. From there, I can determine how urgent it is. And very rarely is something, hey, this has got, this has to have your attention right now. And if it doesn't, it's going to have some pretty big consequences. That's pretty rare. And so um, if it's if somebody's coming in and popping in, hey, Mike, I need your help with X, Y, Z, because I got to get this done before Thursday. And we're sitting here on Monday or Tuesday. Then, hey, you know what? Let's schedule some time tomorrow morning or you yeah. know something like that. I'm not afraid to, to push those things off. Just because something is urgent in your world does not mean it's urgent in my world. Right. Don't. I'm not going to absorb your problem because you managed your time poorly to turn it into something that's critical. Um, sometimes, and this happens rarely, but sometimes you need to feel the sting of you didn't do, your, your time management was poor and you need to feel the sting of, of missing something or whatever. That has, that's pretty rare, um, but I'm not, afraid, I'm not afraid to pull that card. Not, I don't do a good job of that. I say yes first, then go, crap, I shouldn't have said yes. Um, I don't wanna be the bottleneck on somebody getting something done. Yeah which it comes at my own detriment that I'm my own bottleneck. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm just, I'm, like I said, it's rare that that ever turns into something that has major consequences. Yeah. And because of that, I'm more comfortable just saying, Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll take care of it later because I don't have the time for that right now. Correct. 
and and that you know that that seems that that works well. And I've done it, you know, over. I mean, I I know what my flexibility of my calendar is a little bit, and I also know that I'm willing to whatever, so it's fine. The one, the harder one I have is to say no to. Oh, maybe there's a referral partner meeting, or there's a a networking event, or there's um, hey, I need to you know we have a, a new client coming in the door and um they have questions but they have a manager too and i have a tendency to not say no as well i have a harder time saying no to those things when the reality of it is is the relationship being built with a manager or i'm not the ideal person to referral partner because i'm not the one out selling in our firm anymore all those different things just take it is every person yeah. has a little different role um and those evolve over time me evolving like me having the ability to say no to certain things is is a struggle um I want to go to the tech side of things a little bit here. You chase new stuff all the time, all the time, and I want to. How correct? And it's it's honestly, if if we could define your role here, that's part of it. Correct. Um, I mean, it's one of our swim lanes was technology, and yeah. it basically is always be looking. How do you avoid chasing something that looks promising, but may fit, may not fit? Uh, how how do you even evaluate? This is something you need to be looking at from a tech, new technology. Um, first, I'm always looking. So I'm always looking at how whatever technology is out there, could it be implemented in our practice? I'm listening to anybody other firms that are doing something, any other businesses that are similar but not similar. So professional services, office environment, technology for communications, anything like that I want to figure out. You know, and then I want to see what makes sense. Um, I'm evaluating our vendors when it comes to our AP vendor or our, um, uh, it could be our technology vendors or any new piece of software that we're using. But the reality is that I want to constantly always be looking for something. Um, and then from there, uh, I want to put it through some paces. How does this work? You know, and then we may get exposed to the client signs up for an app that we aren't familiar with. That happens. We don't love when that happens, by the way, but it happens. <laughs> what but your we'll accountants wish you knew. Yeah. <laughs> we will evaluate it, though. Now figure out, hey, is this something we can implement or not? Hey, client, this is not something we're going to get involved with or not. But I want to evaluate it first. And then, But we also find that, hey, that is actually pretty interesting. We could probably use this somewhere else. So we've actually done that a couple times over the years with some evaluations of software. I mean, our actually our partnership with Restaurant 365 uh, stemmed from that. We were looking at it for a long time. One of our clients pulled the trigger on it without asking us, and it got us on the path of, you know, this is really the right fit for us. We need to go down that path. And so it took us down a path, and it was the right path. Um, and so I think it's just part of that, um, not being afraid to try, but also being, okay, I'm, I'm done. This is not going to work. I'm out. What are your requirements, your specifications, in order to say yes to a new software, new technology that's going to be implemented firm-wide? It has to be systematized, and it has to fit for more than one client. And it has to, my, it has to be something that my staff, um, we can use on a regular basis across. So Receipt Bank was this, right? So Receipt Bank is, this is a tool that came out, you know, five plus years ago now we evaluated early on i went yeah i probably don't need it right now got some more education on it 
looked at it, looked how it plugged into bill.com, which is another software we already used, looked at how it plugged into QuickBooks Online, and it opened up to desktop eventually. All right, that's actually pretty interesting. What else is it doing? Well, they're working on fetch technology, which is grabbing bank statements. They're working on integrations with other third-party vendors so we can get data easily into it. Um, it OCRs all the documents on the front end. But also, in our world, we can implement that for pretty much 95% of our practice needs that software. Okay, that's worth exploring for us. And so we bought an unlimited subscription. So every client we want to put on it, we can because it eventually will save us money and time and effort. Um, and that was the goal. And so same thing with, you know, if we're looking at a, I've been, you know, what pain are we having today and what problem I'm trying to solve? And so I'm evaluating based off those sometimes too. Receipt Bank changed their name to Dext. How do you feel about that? I didn't know that. When did that you happen? didn't? Like no. Two days ago. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't noticed that yet. Dext. That's a dumb name. I don't think uh, I like this name. I like Receipt Bank better. Yeah. What did they change that for? It was, uh, it was a combination of two words. It was... Neither one is Receipt or Bank. <laughs> Uh, um, it was uh, what is like it was. Uh, they're probably determination and they're pivoting sorry, away from just doing receipt management. Correct. So it had to be a way to make. Yeah, it, it's the know. same kind of same logic. Why we went to works instead of Patrick That's a Bayroll. Dumb name. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Who does that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, I'm mean, sure it, it broader brush than just them. receipt. Management. They're doing a lot with fetching. I know that. They're do uh, yeah, they're doing a lot more than just receipt management. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, but I, thought, I, thought I wish they could pay bills through it, like Expensify can. Hint, hint, receipt bank yeah. or Dext. Yeah, figure, yeah, that, figure Dext. that out. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Once That Better podcast, sponsored, sponsored by Dext. Dext, formerly Receipt Bank. Yeah, sponsor us for a fee. <laughs> so when you're when you're launching out a new software to the team, how do you how do you avoid <laughs> launching that in a way that you don't have everybody hating you? I don't know. When you when it happens for the first time, I'll tell you. I honestly it is one of the struggles I have. Um, you know, we've recently rolled out a couple of new things. We roll out stuff all the time. And they don't hate me, but they don't love me. Um, at first. In the long run though, I usually get I usually win them over. Um it it's like anything else. It changes hard. So we have to do a good job of communicating change, why we're changing, what the process is going to be to change it. You know, why it's, why we're, the bigger, I think today's world is a lot of the why. I think if I keep explaining the why we're doing it, a lot of people get on board. We work with a bunch of high S's and high C's in the accounting world. Um, characteristic of a high C is always reluctant to change. They don't like change super much. S as much. well. I mean, S, S, is, yeah. S as well. Um, and so they like routines. The communication piece of that is a big deal. But to kind of pull it back to the avoiding the shiny object syndrome, when you find a technology that you've looked at and you really think it's cool, but you don't think it's going to be a fit. Carbon. I love carbon. That's exactly that's, a, that's carbon to me. I think it's a great technology. It's not a fit for us in our current practice because of how we do some other things on the management and reporting side. I've been looking at that stupid thing for five plus years and I love it every time I look at it, but there's just, I get to these holes. So I'll evaluate it. I connected it. I tested it. I demoed it. I look and say, God, I would love to implement this. And I go, Nope, it's a no. It's, um, it's one that I think that it's important for us to know why it's on a fit. Um, you know, I, the shiny object syndrome for me, ours 
I say this has not been as much of a problem in the last few years as far as chasing. I wrote it down earlier, which is once we had a clear vision of who we are and what we're going to sell and the story that we're telling, I think that clarity in my mind helped me put our decisions and even our tech through those paces of does this fit with what we're trying to do? Um, You've said it before. It's if it's not systematizable, and it's not recurring revenue, and it's not repeatable. It's probably not a fit. Um, we, you know, we've recently in the last year plus added HR services. Also, how we did it, how we implemented it, you know, has been had had, had to fit that model. Um, that's our model. That doesn't mean that's everybody's model. That's our model. And then, you know, as I look at you know technology today, as we've rolled out Count recently, we've rolled out Plate IQ. Um, those are the big two in the last three to four months that I can think of off the top of my head right here. Um, but those are major, major rollouts in our world. Major roll- count has been amazing. It will be a, when it's all finished and done, it will be the biggest rollout besides, um, our payroll platform I saw that we've ever done. I think it'll probably, I mean, once it's all said and done, it'll probably be bigger than the it, it could be. Um, I mean, it changes so many things in our practice, but that software does, you know, luckily we've kind of stepped into it getting through some of the hiccups and the stuff that we're learning. It is a software that is a very immature still today, but it is so powerful for an accounting practice. Um, it allows us to do some really cool things that we could not do before. And also puts us into what we really wanted to do, which is get everything kind of in the SaaS world, which is what makes our life a lot easier from a remote standpoint. I think from, from your standpoint specifically at our company, there isn't really a such thing as shiny object syndrome because your job a part of your job is to chase every one of those things to the point where you realize either this is a fit or it's not a fit and so there isn't really a shiny object that you're chasing out there um, that's a distraction because you got to do that because because in our world technology is such a big deal i don't view it as a distraction or it's versus i'm also not the one who's going to have to change (laughs) that's true (laughs) so Hey, I got this software now. Implement it. Like that's the problem. So I've got to do a better job, probably bringing more people on. Yeah, and I, and I think we've done that recently, both with Count and with Plate IQ, having the team more involved. Um, uh, Plate IQ transition. Um, they're they've been they've been very helpful. Software's been very helpful, but it, we've been with our previous provider, which is Bill.com. We still use Bill.com, but we've been with them for so long. We knew it so well in and out. So to learn something new. But also, we're getting to the same answer, but how do we get there? And it's getting bumps and bruises, not knowing the workarounds when something doesn't, you know, build.com, that's the same thing. Not every software is perfect. You have to know how to get around what you need to do to get the end result you want to have. We haven't always, we don't we don't have all those answers yet with Plate as we're learning. And they've been great to work with, though. I mean, I really can't complain about that. They've been communicating great. They've given us as much support as possible. It's just been hard. Yeah, and a lot of that's just learning curve. And yeah, we have we do a lot of bills. I mean, things, gives yeah. people some perspective. We do six, seven thousand bills a month, and so to do that through with a cha- with the change in technology that implements a lot of that. So takes time. Yeah, it takes time. So uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier. One of the one of the big ways that a person could avoid distractions, and we see this happen in our office uh, every once in a while, is you know that D and D button on the phone, turning off notifications on Slack, turning off email. For short periods of time, what's your what's your thought on uh, when that's okay, when that's not okay? Are you okay with people 
going going black for yeah, a absolutely. while. Absolutely, I am. I just I still have the same expectations. We want to return phone calls and emails in a timely manner, so you have to build that into your calendar as well. Um, this is be a little bit behind the curtain here. We have what we call quiet hours that some people implement sometime. All that means is we're going to book a meeting with ourselves so that we can um, get some work accomplished. And and if something, if a phone call happens or a email comes in, we're not going to answer that immediately. And we're going to say we're in a meeting because we are in a meeting with ourselves to get something. I have to get something done. And um, we tell people to go ahead and book a meeting on, on their calendars and call it quiet hours for that purpose. And, we, you know, obviously we have a lot of different clients and some people, there is urgency. And they, they can break through that barrier if, they, if we know if it's urgent. But a lot of times it's not urgent. And it just needs to, you know, there shouldn't be any accounting emergencies is what I would say. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully we can, you know, return that call. You know, when we do quiet hours, we're supposed to have, you know, a phone call and email returns that morning after quiet hours or after the afternoon after quiet hours. You want to return that call before the end of the day and you want to make sure that all the emails are done um, and responded to or acknowledged. And same thing with Slack messages in our world. But, um, yeah, I think it's important to turn that stuff off, book an appointment with yourself. That's what I was asking earlier if you put some time on your calendar. Yeah. I I have to when I have big critical things I have to get done. I know like, you know, if you're someone like Kim in our office or any of our managers, Sandy, they have to book that time because they, they work with that many clients in theory that the phone and email really never stops. You have to push pause on it so you can get your work done, then you can come back and and regroup. Yeah. You agree with that? I I do. I for for my team, we have some built-in deadlines yeah, on a daily basis yeah yours your payroll is urgent there yeah. isn't payroll emergencies yeah, those, those are not un, and, and they're not uncommon um but with that three o'clock is our deadline of every every day it's three o'clock and at three o'clock is when my team can take a deep breath excel for the day and yeah. know that from three to closing time they could, in theory, turn everything off and, and everything's fine because we can't do anything for that. We can't fix any problems that day after 3 o'clock. It's all going to be – whether you call me at 301 or 501, I can't fix your problem until tomorrow anyway. Right. And so there's some built-in times where they can just go dark for a couple hours every single day. And, and so that's fine. I do – shut everything off every once in a while. Yeah. It's normally bookends with um, with meetings. Yeah. And so um, if I have like a new client call that's about to happen, I'll, I'll put myself on do not disturb about 15 minutes prior and up to about 30 minutes after just to be able to wrap up everything that's with yeah. that call. And you build that probably into your scheduling software too. So you I, do. Yeah. I do, too. yeah. Yeah, and so if you book time on, I mean, my calendar is – Completely open. Anybody can book time on my calendar. We use uh, Acuity to do that, which is if you don't have that tool or Calendly, I would vote this is the biggest game changing software that I have implemented in five years. It's wish, been that big of a deal. I wish more of our team used it as much as I think I use it a lot. I think you use it a lot. I think it's something our team can definitely improve upon their ability to use that. And make sure it's part of. We don't book an appointment other than through this way. Yeah. Because I love it. It's, hey, you know what? I put all the great. power to you to pick a time that works for you based on when I'm available. Yep. I hate inefficiency. 
And there is nothing more inefficient than, hey, I'm free Tuesday, Thursday, 10 and 2. Are you free then? Nope, I'm I'm free at 9 and 3. Oh, I can't do this day, but I can do that day. That back and forth, it frustrates the fire out of me. So now all I have to do is, hey, here's a link to my calendar. You can pick a time time that works best for you, and I'll I'll be available. And uh, it's tied to my Zoom. And so I just get an email that says, Matt Patrick, a scheduled time on Thursday. It's linked to my calendar. It's linked to my Zoom. I do nothing else. And that's great. And there's built-in reminders. But with that, like you mentioned, there's buffers that I have set up on when you set a meeting with me. It automatically because meetings blocks can run long. Time and after you want to make yeah. sure you don't run long, and then you also don't want to book something right before it, in case that one runs long. So right. you want to create some some great group. Yeah. And, and I love that. I think software. we've done a great job of, of connecting that. It, you know, in today's world with with COVID and not be able to see people having the ability to have an easy way to get appointments. I I, I appreciate when somebody sends me a calendar invite. I have no problem with that. Yep. It's an easy way for me to book a count book an appointment. Yep. Yeah. It's it's super great, and it helps. That type of stuff helps me avoid the distractions because. Now I don't have to worry about did they or didn't they book a meeting. I've said, hey, here's a link to my calendar. And in my world, that's a um, that's a pending thing in Zendesk. So I can see that I sent that, but it's now kind of up to that person to actually yeah. book the time. And I'll follow up with you every week. Hey, you still haven't booked time. You still haven't booked time. But ultimately, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I worry about that once a week. How do you – this is I'm asking for my own sake – how do you do about your door is shut? We can see through our doors. We have yep. glass on our doors. Your door is shut. You're not on the phone, but you have to get work done. How do you avoid the pop-in? My door being shut is almost always shut simply because I shut it for a meeting and Noise. that meeting is over. Right. And and it just stayed shut because I haven't gotten up and walked out. Yep. Um, it This took time, but now... People know when my door is shut that they don't that, – that they they may do a slight tap, and I, I can look at them and, go, and hey. thumbs up, thumbs down, or yeah. you know, I'm on a call, and, and that's it. There's yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Nobody – they used to, but not anymore will anybody see my door shut and just open it and come in. That happens extremely rarely. Now. No, I don't think so. Now it's it's a tap. My Mine issue is people can't see me from one direction in my office, so they'll come in, hey, you got to – you know, second that doesn't happen too often, but I do get the I'll say the gopher pop up at my other one, which is they peek in, is he on the phone? Yeah. Or or they you know, it, it just and I'm like I feel guilty saying no. Why? I don't know. I want to help them. I don't want to be the I don't want to be the bottleneck. <laughs> this is my I don't want to be the bottleneck. Don't even say no. Just turn around and do this. I'm on the phone. I need to keep a headset pair of headphones on all the time. Just open up Zoom so on your I'm monitor. On. Yeah. And they think you're on a call and yeah. you're golden. Why is Matt always on Zoom? <laughs> because I'm a busy person. I'm busy, busy. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think okay. I think do not disturb is and here's something I, I ascribe to this. I know people disagree with me, and that's perfectly fine. But I'll just tell you my philosophy. If you text me, email me, slack me call me, I am not obligated to respond to that message on your timeline. I will respond to that message on my timeline. And so um, just because you call me doesn't mean that you're going to get a call back immediately. You're going to get a call back when I have the time to actually call you back. Uh, and so, you know, if, if you're a person that every text message you feel like you have to respond to immediately, and even if it's just, hey, we'll talk later, just stop doing that. Those 
30 second or really five second distractions that come up throughout the How day. Do you not forget just to stop. respond to that message by not ever responding to it or looking at it to begin with. So you have the little my pop- notification. Uh, so I, this is where, you know, we talked about this a lot. We've yeah, mine has gone back several and thousands of them. And he's like, none. I, uh, I, my clear notifications are in really email, my cleared email, my inbox. If there's nothing there, that means there's nothing that, that needs my attention. I delete it when it's done. Um, and so that's just, that's just how I stay organized. Text messages. I don't read it until I actually have the time to respond to it. Um, if you ever need to fight email, it's in your deleted. Yeah, absolutely. I don't delete my deleted. Yeah. Which in your world, you don't delete. They're all in your inbox, but it's the same, you know, Save six and one half says the other. Yeah. Uh, and it's so it's just a little bit different. So, so scary. Don't feel like just because somebody slacks you or texts you or emails you that you have to respond immediately because you don't. How do you get, how do you delete the ones you don't ever want to see again? You click delete. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to look at the other ones when you go to look for something you need to see in your delete. I just search. I don't actually scroll through anything. Oh, I just yeah. search. Yeah. There's nothing out there that, and this is probably true for you too. You, there's never been an instance where you said, hey, you know what? I remember something about something, and I don't know any of the details. I got to go scroll through that my thousands all, wait, of— Wait, wait, stop. That happens all the time no. for me. No, because you'll always remember that came from so-and-so, or there was a word in it that you can yeah. search for. Yeah, yeah, Like, I just use the power of my, my search yeah, bar. Yeah. So, well, uh, if you guys are out there and, and you found a better way to avoid distractions or you feel like there's something that we've missed, we would love to hear from you. This is an ongoing issue for every single person on our team. It's something that we talk about often. One of the things that we didn't even get into is, you know, how does our front desk person avoid all the pop-ups up there? That's a big deal that we deal with. Um, so if you have some techniques. She needs to learn to say, hey, guys, I got to get work done Get too. away Ms. from Rose, me. Miss Rose. Yeah. Hint, um, hint. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, so. I've got work to do. Go away. <laughs> so if you guys have any techniques or, or ways that you, you deal with this that you think would be helpful in our world, we would love to hear from you. Leave us a comment. Send us an email, one step better, at patrickaccounting.com. All right, let's uh, wrap it up with our question, viewer question from last week. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, taking the good from the bad, understanding that there's a silver lining to every cloud. And so um, when we were wrapping up last week, we talked about, um, you know, if you feel like that you don't have strong leadership skills and the ability to, you know, not be quick to react or hot-headed, how do you go and find help for that type of stuff? Uh, and so the question that came in was like, you know, what are what are some tips? What are some places that you actually go? Wait, how do you actually do that? You know, some practical ways. How do you actually do that? Um, so for me, this is, there, there's a couple of ways that, that that I've learned over time. One is reading great leadership books, yep. um, absorbing as much information about quality leadership will over time slowly change the way you think about it. Um, two, finding people that will hold you accountable to that, that you trust, that has the ability to walk into your office or wherever you work or, or at home and say, you're being a jack wagon, you need to quit. And if you need a trigger word set up to where, you know, a safe word to say, you know, bananas, and that there's a clear understanding there that means, word, <laughs> that, that means, look, I'm, I'm out of love coming to you and telling you something that I think you need to understand. Whatever it takes, you need to find a person that can do that. Uh, with you, honestly, um, uh, peer groups, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we, we, I did Vistage there for a while. That yeah, was really Pazzer helpful. Group, my FRG and Pazzer group is by far my biggest accountability group. Yeah. And um, so finding those industry. My leadership team is, is honestly, I've been fortunate enough to give our leadership team. We have a very good rapport to stand up, you know, hold everybody accountable. Hey, you're being a jack wagon. You need to quit. That's a, that's not a, un, that's, that's not that's something that not can't be said. That's not unfortunately common to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, not and so, really. 
find find people you know that are in same industry or just a group of friends that that you can get together and say, hey, look, I know that this is a flaw. This is this all comes out of a place of humility, and that's what this question comes out of. You realize that there's something you're lacking in. You need to be able to be strong enough to say, look, guys, I know that this is something I struggle with. I need some help uh, improving here. Read a bunch of books. What, hang out what's a bunch your of favorite management book? Oh goodness. Um, completely unrelated to management, but a book that was really helpful Leadership, sorry. is uh, Leading from the Second Chair. Yeah. It, it's a ministry book specifically. You guys remember, you know, I, used, I was a youth pastor for six years and it was a book about how to not be, like how to lead, but not in the first chair role. Um, that one was really helpful because it talks a lot about humility. There's a book called uh, by C.J. Mahaney called Humility. That is really helpful. Um, more in the, the business mindset stuff. Um, Patrick Lencioni's book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, yep. really helped me see the the leadership style, how leadership style affects the way that teams interact. Um, that you know, that one was a really good one. I mean, I, I think of John Maxwell, I think of Patrick Lencioni, yeah. and I think of Dave Ramsey's Entre Leadership book. All yeah, those are great places to start. Um, if you don't have something, you know, those are good. I mean, I if you, I'd read every book. That Patrick Lencioni wrote. It's they're all great reads. Yeah. There's not one that's not helpful. From ideal team player, five functions of a team, death by meeting, the advantage. Um, there's a bunch. Um, so um, he, he's a great. And he, it's it's they're fun, easy reads. They also have a you know always have um, kind of an action items in the back that you kind of can like really digest and actually implement something from the from the book. Um, it, he puts it into real world situations that make a ton of sense it's a their stories they're not just reading easy book to read. they're very yeah. easy books to read. And they're most of them are half a day reads if you sat down and read them so um they're great um and they're great actually they're great audible books too yeah so if they're i mean you could read you can read two of those in a week probably on three or four commutes to work leaders are readers and so if the idea of yeah. reading a book to improve your leadership style is something that disgusts you or turns you off then you're never going to get there. Um, you got to you got to just suck it up and, and become a reader. It, it's going to make a, a world difference. And so, yep. uh, well, that is it for today. I appreciate you guys taking the time to, to listen to us, whether it's podcast, YouTube. Uh, like I said, give us a comment, give us a rating. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can find us on social media and all the different places. I'd uh, love to hear from you. So thanks, guys, and have a lovely day. Mm-hmm.